Have you ever spotted someone across the dance floor that you just couldn't take your eyes off? Someone who made your heart race? Is love at first sight real, or is it for hopeless romantics? Let me introduce you to Sebastian, or Sebi, as he's known to his friends. He is a young French man living in London in the late 2000s. The very first iPhone has just been released. Blogging has gone mainstream, and MySpace is still bigger than Facebook. As Rihanna's Please Don't Stop the Music tops the charts, Sebi heeds her call and spends his time letting loose in one of London's biggest LGBTQ clubs in the heart of Soho. There were so many places to go out, and it, it wasn't difficult to find your tribe here. On one particular night, amongst the throbbing crowd, music pumping loudly, Sebi lays eyes on someone, and in an instant, all the people and all the noise disappears. I saw him, and my heart started beating. And um, I said to my best friend, you know, this guy, he's the man of my life, but he doesn't know it. Heart racing, feet rooted to the spot. Sebi stands there, transfixed. He tries to find the confidence to walk over and introduce himself, but he can't. His eyes follow this beautiful stranger for the whole night, but Sebi never talks to him. The night comes to an end and his heart breaks a little. Full of regret, Sebi wonders, has he missed his chance to find true love? I'm Tay Diggs, and from Sony Music Entertainment, this is You Had Me at Hello the show where everyday people share their extraordinary stories of how they met and fell in love, and sometimes how things later fell apart. Love, its highs and lows, mess and drama, awkwardness and laughs, come with us as we celebrate all of it. In this episode, we have a story about love, fate, and being in the right place at the right time, twice. This is Beauty is where you find it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Sebi is effortlessly charming and equally handsome. He has dark brown hair, dark eyes, and stubble just long enough to cast a shadow. He looks like he fell out of the pages of a romance novel, so it's almost poetic that his mother tongue is the language of love. So... I'm French. I come from a city called Lyon in France, where I grew up. As much as he loves Lyon, Sebi always knew that he wanted to travel and explore the world. From a very young age, I was watching documentaries on TV, you know? I was watching 
Jacques Cousteau documentaries. He was a marine biologist, and I was just like fascinated by this. It really gave me that wanderlust, you know, that, that feeling that I wanted to travel and see the world, to visit countries and discover new cultures. In 2006, age 24, Sebi takes the first step towards realizing his big dreams of travel by popping over the channel and exploring all the adventures London has to offer. I had the best time of my life. Um, I wasn't fully out at the time. I had no idea what the gay scene was, you know, going to gay bars, meeting other gay people. So in London, I just discovered it all. I went to Soho. I had a lot of, uh, I made a lot of friends in about two weeks and I, then I decided to stay here and find a job. Sebi starts working at a prestigious financial company in the city and officially makes London his home. During the week, he's all suited and booted. But on the weekends, he lets it all out. For me, coming from France, where, I mean, Lyon is a big city, but it's, it's, it was still at the time a bit conservative. It's, it wasn't, there wasn't so many gay places to hang out. But London offers Sebi something special. Seeing a street dedicated to LGBTQ people and the community and seeing so many bars in the same area, I'm talking about Soho, Old Quantum Street, there were so many places to go out and it, it wasn't difficult to find your tribe here. Soho has been the queer capital of London for generations, but things really took off in the 1970s and the years after homosexuality was legalized. By the time we get to what the Brits called the noughties, the 2000s, Soho's reputation as a LGBTQ plus mecca is fully established. It's packed with clubs and bars of legendary status where people gather to meet, socialize, and dance into the early hours of the morning. Sebi and his friends soon develop a routine that guarantees they have a great night. I was spending most of my time in Soho because it was a very... It, it's a pop culture in Soho. You would be listening to all the pop songs and dancing on it, and, and it was the place to actually meet guys you know, and um, have potential dates. My typical weekend would be going out in Soho, starting with places like JY Bar. JY Bar was the place where everyone would probably start their evening. The crowd was typically, I'd say, 20, 25 years old. So I was right into that crowd. With rainbow flags adorning the entrance, GAY Bar is low-lit buzzing with energy and loud. The pop hits of the day blare out across two floors. They were playing a lot of Rihanna, Pussycat Dolls, the Spice Girls, Britney Spears, Kylie Minogue. I mean, every single campy singer you can think of. And then after a few hours, around 11, everyone would be getting out and going on to G.A.Y. Late. A sister venue, G.A.Y. Late, is just around the corner from the bar. You could have a membership card to go to G.A.Y. Late, and with that membership card, you could actually skip the line, and you were treated like a VIP. So everyone had tried to get their membership card, so I had one. Sebi is living his best life. He's got a good job, great friends, and is enjoying the city's vibrant queer scene. 
But as one year turns to two, Sebi starts to feel a sense of discontent. I just wanted to do something new, like really see the world. I didn't want to stay in the life and wake up in 20 years and realize, well, what have I done? What did you achieve? Like staying in London and working on a nine-to-five job, doing the same thing every day when you had all these dreams as a child. London has been kind to him, but Sebi is ready to say goodbye. He thinks about where he wants to go, where he can next find a kind of joy that he hasn't yet experienced. He decides that place is Spain. I had this big fantasy of finding a Spanish man and live, you know, in Andalusia and do some flamenco. <laughs> I had this big fantasy, this life that was building around me moving to Spain. So I was preparing for it. But that's the thing about preparations. Sometimes fate has other plans. It's Saturday evening and Sebi and his housemate, Shoen, have skipped the line and are heading into G.A.Y. late. They're ready to dance the work week off and enjoy their weekly dose of hedonism. This is their well-oiled routine. But Sebi doesn't know that tonight isn't an ordinary night. And I opened the door and literally Straight away, I saw him, he was dancing, and he was like looking around like he was lost. He had that Greek god-looking shape and, and face. He, he was so, uh, so beautiful, with dark hair and, and these really deep eyes and thick eyebrows and a beautiful body, and he was topless. I saw him and my heart started beating. The Greek god is wearing a pair of jeans, brown rubber boots, and very little else. He's dancing and looking around with no idea that Sebi is looking right at him. Can't stop looking at him. Right here, in this crowded room full of people, Sebi can only see one man. I didn't stop looking at him all evening. Sebi's pulse is racing. Is this the thing that songs and movies are written about? Is this how it feels to fall in love at first sight? And I was just like, um, troubled. Like he, he really made an impression on me. And um, I said to my best friend, you know, this guy, he's the man of my life, but he doesn't know it. Right now, in this moment, Sebi has the power to change that. If he can find the courage to approach this stranger, or maybe catch his attention with a wave, or maybe just make eye contact. Then there's a chance that he'll fall in love on the spot with Sebi too. But Sebi doesn't do any of these things. And the more time that passes, the less courageous he feels. Until it's just too late. He didn't look at me and never saw me. The evening's over. The lights come up. And suddenly, the mysterious, handsome man with dark eyes is nowhere to be seen. Sebi knows he's blown it. He knows he'll never see this beautiful stranger again. And then the next day, um, waking up on a Sunday morning a bit with a hangover, 
my best friend puts a magazine on the table and it was uh, the QX magazine, which was the gay happening magazine that they were giving out in London in, in the venues with what was happening, you know, in gay London. And he was on the cover of that magazine. Yes, the guy from the night before is a QX magazine cover star. Sebi thought he'd never see him again and now, the very next morning, He's staring at this mystery man once more. The nameless wonder is wearing a football kit. Gold shorts, knee pads, long socks rolled down to his ankles, and studded boots with one foot resting on top of a ball. And the shirt? (laughs) Well, that's thrown over his shoulder, his bare torso out. I guess this guy likes to be topless. Sebi's eyes cover every pixel of the photo. The cover star is looking straight ahead, directly at Sebi. And Sebi stares into his eyes like he wishes he could have done the night before. My first thought was, this guy is famous. And if he is famous, then he's even more out of Sebi's reach. Shoan brings him even further down to earth with a well-meaning thud. He says, "Um, there you go, you'll never have him. (laughs) <laughs> well, damn, say what you mean, Shoan. Sometimes our friends want to protect us from ourselves. Shoan doesn't want his best friend to get stuck over someone he doesn't even know. Sebi's supposed to be going to Spain to learn flamenco. This unknown man being in London could ruin his plans. Shoan decides that a little tough love can help Sebi leave last night behind and move on. I just wanted to be with him. But he was out of my league and he was too good for me. Sebi is overcome with regret. I was kicking myself for not talking to him. But as much as he tries to listen to Shoan, and as hard as he tries to let his feelings go, he just can't. I didn't know how it would happen, but I knew that he was the one. You know, like, it's more than just... um, a hunch. It was something very deep inside of my soul. I've never felt that before. Could Sebi's hunch be right? Could this person he saw in the club and on a magazine cover really be the one? That's after the break. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's rewind to that night at G.A.Y. Late. The club is packed and hit after hit is blasting through the speakers. Sebi has just come through the doors 
ready to get on the dance floor when he sees a man who stops him in his tracks. I didn't really want to be in that bar. I went for the sake of my friend. This is the beautiful man that Sebi had seen alone on the dance floor. So Sebi had been right. This mysterious figure really was totally distracted, but had continued to move as if in a trance amidst a sea of bright young things. The month before I'd broken up with my ex, and um, I was glad I broke up with him, but I still fancied him. I missed him. Ah, <laughs> you're fresh out of a breakup. That put me in a spin anyway. But imagine seeing your ex at the start of your night out with all of your friends accompanied by a new guy. Not nice. Let me introduce this handsome mystery man. I'm Stefan Orestes. This gentleman is Stefan Orestes, and he and his very recent ex-boyfriend had spent many years living together in London, often frequenting G.A.Y. and other Soho haunts. Over the years, they'd made friends with a club promoter, and they helped him run some of his nights around London in various different ways. We did a photo shoot to promote this, this gay night for people who are into sports and f uh, football clothing. When you're young and you've got someone saying, oh, model for me, you know, you, you get excited, like, oh, yes, of course, I'd love to. And it was golden shorts and the top, topless, but around the, the, the shoulder. And, of course, the full kits, so it would include the knee pads and the football shoes as well with the studs. And, of course, the football itself. Those images were used to promote his nights in the magazines, like the classic uh, gay scene magazines for London that came out every week. QX magazine listed the gay nights, events and other happenings going on across the city and country, and it was distributed at most LGBTQ plus spaces. But, unbeknown to Sebi, Stefan wasn't on the cover of QX because he was a famous model, he was there because he was a friend of a promoter. Let's find out more about him. My parents are refugee immigrants from Cyprus. I'm from that generation of Greek Cypriots who moved here in the 60s, 70s. In 2006, 24-year-old Stefan is the youngest member of his family, and growing up, the culture of his home is one steeped in their Greek identity. They eat Greek food, listen to Greek music, and speak to each other in Greek. And just like the ancient Greek philosophers, Stefan prioritizes his enlightenment through education. I've always been very studious, hardworking. It's the way I was brought up. Very strict immigrant family who wanted to make it in this new society they were in. Stefan excelled at school and his excellent grades allowed him to start training to be a lawyer. But something stirs in him in his college years and Stefan decides it's time to widen his field of study and learn more about who he is. I came out quite late, well, in my early 20s, which for kids nowadays is considered late, I, I guess, and was, was still, I think, a thing that we see a lot with a lot, a lot of gay men. I was living my teenage years in my 20s, so I matured quite late. So, Stefan is a young gay man discovering queer London during the mid-aughts, and just like Sebi he inevitably finds his place in Soho and his dancing feet at G.A.Y. Lake. The atmosphere in G.A.Y. Lake in the night, it's got quite a dark atmosphere, but with bright lights coming from the stage. Lots of young, drunk, 
happy gay kids. It's always a fun atmosphere there and a happy one. But I was so in my head about having seen my ex. I didn't really want to be in that bar. I went for the sake of my friend. Stefan leaves the club distracted, upset, and completely unaware that Sebi couldn't take his eyes off him that night. He has no idea that while he's working through his heartbreak, another man is opening his heart to him, distraught at the notion that he may never see Stefan again. Over the next two years, Sebi is torn between staying in London and fulfilling his dream of moving to Spain. Perhaps it's hope that keeps him there, because every time Sebi heads out to Soho, every time he scans a room in a bar or club, a part of him hopes he'll see Stefan. But his best friend Shawan's words still ring in his ears. Maybe he'll never have him. Maybe the night he first saw him was also the last. And maybe, now, really is the time to pack his bags and make his home in another country. Stefan spends the same two years gradually healing his heart. He finishes his training and becomes a newly qualified lawyer. But just three months into his new placement at a law firm, he gets some really bad news. My boss turned around and said, look, we've got to make cuts because of the, um, the recession coming. The new intakes had to be let go. Dismayed, Stefan calls a lawyer friend, Pani, who works in another firm and asks if they're hiring. They agree to meet at GAY Bar in Soho to talk some more. Tuesday, 24th of February 2009, we agreed to meet in town. We were in the smoking area uh, discussing this. I was desperate to get into his firm, so I was like, okay, whatever Pani wants. From another part of town, Sebi is also making his way over to Soho. 24th of February 2009, I go out with my uh, best friend Joanne, but he's not living in London anymore. He's just coming to visit me for the weekend. With Joanne no longer living in London, Sebi doesn't go out as much. He misses the fun they had together and cannot wait to hit their old stomping ground again. I was just so excited to go and catch up with him, like going out, you know, like the old days and, and hitting the bars. The desire to capture the feeling of the good old days leads Sebi right to the place where so many of his nights out started. The place where Stefan is that night, G-A-Y Bar. Sebi is on the nostalgia train, and Stefan is talking business. The drinks are flowing, the hits are playing, and these two men are both standing in the smoking area, unaware of each other and what's about to happen. The smoking area is in G-A-Y Bar is a tiny place with four tall walls, and it's probably like... I don't know, maybe f six or seven square meters, and people are packed. So everyone's smoking, and then I turn around, and then he was looking at me, and our eyes just um, crossed paths. I was facing the crowd, Pani was facing me, so I could have an eye view of the crowd but what distracted my vision from Pani was across the room, in the corner of the other side, there was this really beautiful guy, dark-haired, beautiful brown eyes, and this, what I remember is his smile, this beautiful smile. I mean, he, my, my heart started beating like I was about to explode, and I, I, I just, um, I turned around and I said to Joanne, this is him, do you remember him, this is him? 
this is the guy, this is him. I can't, I can't, I can't blow that up. I have to do something about it. I was trying to focus on my friend because, you know, he was doing me a favor here. He was trying to get me a job in his firm. I was, I was constantly being distracted, my eyeline, by this beautiful, dark-haired, uh, smiley guy across the, 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 the room. I have to do something, Jean. Like, this is the moment. This is, this is my chance, you know, to do something and change my life and maybe have the man of my life actually with me. It was uh, an intense um, feeling, a rush of uh, warmth, you know? Like, I was literally, my blood was... I could feel my blood in my body going like, you know, for up and down and my heart beating. My cheeks were probably red. You know, I was, I was, I was really hot. After two years of looking out for Stefan, Sebi finally sees him again. Everything he felt the first night he saw him comes rushing back. He knows the odds of having his second chance are a million to one. Lightning has struck twice, and Sebi knows that a third strike would be damn near impossible. He can't miss this opportunity. He has to act now. I'm thinking, okay, I, I want to be discreet about it, but I, I, I don't want to interrupt this conversation either. So I'm just going to go and pass by him as I go for to get a drink. And then at that point, this beautiful boy came over to me. I thought, oh, he's going to speak to me, he's going to speak to me. Stefan waits for the man with the charming smile to approach him and start a conversation. But instead... So I passed by him and I looked at him and he looked at me. But he had that poker face, like, not even a smile, you know? He's, he looked at me and said, um, bonjour, I, th I think he said bonjour, uh, well, very, very quickly. And, and I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe he's not into me. And I'm, I'm mumbling something, and I'm, I'm a professional mumbler. I couldn't get my words out. And I said some, something like, I, hi, you know, I said bonjour. But just, I, I don't remember, I was so taken by the adrenaline, you know, the stress. After carrying a flame for Stefan for two years, Sebi crashes and burns. And then he sort of looked down and ran away. I know, I know. We got this far. We got so close. And these guys can't get it together. Can Sebi and Stefan recover from a false start and get this love story over the finish line? Find out after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's been two years since Sebi first saw Stefan in the club. And for two years, 
he's wished and waited for this very moment. And against all odds, the handsome stranger he fell for across the room is now just meters away. But after a poorly executed introduction, Sebi is having a crisis of confidence. So I just went to get my drink and I go back to see Joanne and I'm like, mm, it's not going to happen. He's, he, he's not into me. And I remember seeing him with his friend and they were laughing or they were, um, when they were together, they were looking at me and they were laughing. And I thought, oh, are they laughing at me? Sebi isn't laughing at Stefan. He's laughing at himself, laughing at how he can't control his nerves, laughing because he can't bear to feel the disappointment take hold. But luckily for them both, tonight it's Stefan's turn to be drawn to a stranger. And although he can't find the courage to go over and speak to Sebi, Stefan can't stop snatching glances at him from across the smoking area. I was asking Panny, do you think he's interested? You know, he's a really cute guy. And Panny said, oh, just, just go and talk to him. I said, I can't, I can't go and talk to him. And I said, fine. To eliminate the risk of messing up another hello, Stefan comes up with a foolproof plan. And I said, you know, Panny, that guy, I really like him. Can you, can you just go and give him my business card? He enlists the help of his trusty wingman. I gave Panny my card and it had my personal mo- mobile on the back. And I wrote on it, call me or something cheesy. Stefan's friend comes to me and uh, he says, uh, my friend really likes you. He's too shy to, to speak to you. And he gives you his business card. And I was just like a, like a schoolgirl. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I take the business card. I was sort of hiding by the window um, and sort of, you know, looking. I was jumping up and down. I was like, I've got this business card. I mean, this is happening. And, and I was just like, I'm going to frame that one. <laughs> Take the business card and, and um, I give my number to his friend. He, he smiled and in, in this cute, cheeky way. And then Penny came back and said, here's his card. Get in touch with him. Um, and, then, and then we left and that was the end of the evening. It wasn't perfect, but with a timid bonjour and the support of their friends, Stefan and Sebi have taken the first step towards each other. But what happens now? Like there's something that will lead me to potentially being with him, you know, and, and hearing his voice. I had this fantasy about him, like I, I saw the guy and he was so sexy and and I, I didn't know the voice. I didn't know if it would be like a Greek voice, you know, or a Spanish one. I had no idea. And I'm like, I've got to set up a date. Like, this has to happen now. It's the next day, and Sebi is equal parts elated and anxious. He spends the entire day trying to construct the perfect message to send to Stefan. After countless drafts, redrafts, and fighting through writer's block, he composes an email. Hi, I'm the Frenchman that you saw yesterday at GAY Bar. Um, you, you're a beautiful man, and I would love to meet you and be able to hear your voice, and I would like to take you on a date. As Sebi hits send, his phone lights up with a text message at the exact same time. Can you guess who it's from? Like it was, it was just like a new introduction. Like, hi, I'm Stefan. And my email was all about, hi, I'm Sebastian, you know, I'm this new guy. So it's funny that he actually probably spent also the day trying to think about what kind of SMS he's going to send me. 
So when I received the message from this guy, I was so excited. This really hot guy who I liked was interested in me and wanted to know more about me and meet up. And I remember feeling just so happy. And I remember replying. I replied straight away. Um, then he replied back very quickly as well. And I was like, oh, oh my God, he is keen. He's, he's into it. Over the next few days, the messages between the two of them grow longer as the time between the messages gets shorter. Before long, they set a time and place for their first date. Le Boujolet Bar is a tiny French restaurant in central London. The decor ensures that when you walk through the doors, you are transported to Paris. Three days after their friends helped them exchange business cards, Sebi, his stomach in knots, takes a seat on one of the wooden chairs outside the front of the restaurant and waits for Stefan to arrive. I was sitting outside uh, and I had a glass of wine and I saw him walking like from across the street and he was wearing this long coat, black coat. He looked so smart. And I saw him from far away and I was like, oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. But don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> you know, it was all inside like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, he's coming. I just remember feeling just so excited and a little bit anxious. Will he turn up? You know, is it still going to happen? And then he says hello and, I, and he says to me, because I'm about to shake his hand, and he actually, come on, let's hug. He hugged me. I was thinking, like, he's going to feel my heart beating against his chest and because and, uh, it was beating so hard. And then I heard his voice, you know, like... And he had such a British accent. <laughs> I, wasn't I wasn't expecting that British accent. He was probably shocked because he was expecting a foreign accent and said he got this British-sounding accent. So I think that, that was his first shock or impression, I guess. And I just got a beautiful French accent. Sebi can't believe he has sat across from Stefan eating, drinking and talking. His stomach can't believe it either, and refuses to allow him to finish the plate of charcuterie he orders. The conversation between them flows easily and naturally moves to the subject of traveling. We started talking about travels, and he loved travels. And I was like, could this man be any better? You know, like, this is probably, you know, an op the opportunity of, of a lifetime meeting this guy. It might lead to something, but... I did say to him straight away that um, I wanted to travel the world. I want to do something exciting, you know, exciting, like something that will make me feel alive every day, you know. And he um, wanted to see the world, uh, and I, I, I really did as well. And then? And then I get a kiss. Like, it, it was just magical for me. Tick, 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 <laughs> you know. Now, where is he going to take me? The answer? One of life's biggest adventures. Love. It's a very... It's an exciting feeling. You, you, you just... It's like a drug. You want more. You, you... Everything else loses importance. The whole world... You ignore it. It doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't matter anymore. You just want to be there in the moment. And you want more of that. I mean, I remember... 
after our first date, um, I wanted more. I didn't care that I was supposed to meet Panya on Sunday. I didn't care to meet him. I wanted to just stay over at Seb's house. I wanted more. I wanted to hang out with him more. It was a feeling that just takes over your whole existence that everything else pales into comparison. The big thing that just made me fall in love with him was he made me laugh. And that's, that was, that's, that's the most important thing for me. The days turned into months, and eventually, they began journeying into other parts of the world like they'd always hoped to do. And then we went to Venice for our first year anniversary, and then we went to Thailand. And that was our first big trip together, and that was just magical. In June 2014, Sebi and Stefan set off on a tour of Asia. They travel slowly and with purpose. They get to know each destination like it's their second home. They make friends and discover the local gay scene. To keep their friends and family updated, Sebi and Stefan set up the Nomadic Boys blog. But during their travels, their readership grows beyond just their loved ones. Unexpectedly, their blog becomes a touchstone for other LGBTQ plus people around the world who also want an authentic experience while traveling. One that understands the nuances and considers how they can remain safe in places where their sexuality might even be illegal. They continue traveling around South America, South Asia, and the Middle East, all the while letting their love grow. I can't imagine a world without him when we are apart uh, I, I do solo trips every now and then and I end up after a few days or after a week you know, it's good to have solo time but then I always end up missing him and always thinking what would Sebi think or how would Sebi think about this or, or I end up starting to, in my mind talking to myself as if Sebi was there In 2018, 11 years after Sebi spotted Stefan on a dance floor in London the couple marry Now, based in Cyprus Sebi and Stefan continue to discover the world together. I'm not um, a religious person. I, I'm a very scientific person, but somehow there's, there's things about yourself that you don't understand, that you don't control. And this feeling that you have met someone before, that your soul somehow have been connected in a way, maybe in a different life, or I... Now I believe that because everything led me to him and everything led him to me. And at that moment, I felt like um, he was the one. And I was right because it happened, so. <laughs> Sometimes, even when you can't explain it, even when your friends don't understand and even when it seems impossible that it can be true, you can see the love of your life across the room, maybe topless, wearing jeans and brown rubber boots, and you can know as sure as your heart is beating that that beautiful stranger is in fact the man of your life. I'm Tay Diggs, and this has been you had me at hello. If you have an incredible love story, please reach out to us at lovestories at sonymusic.com. We'd love to hear it. You had me at hello is a Sony Music Entertainment production. It's hosted by me, Tay Diggs. 
This episode was produced by Harriet Wells and Clem Hitchcock. The junior producer is Martha Miller. The production coordinators are E.K. Egbatola and Lily Handley. Production manager is Kat Moran. It was written by Femi Keeling and the production team. Alciona Mick composed the original music. The sound designer is Tom Drew. Isis Thompson, Louisa Field, and Tay Diggs are the executive producers. Special thanks to Jez Nelson, Chris Skinner, and Julia Stevenson. <laughs>